Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together on this beautiful morning. Thank you for your abundance gifts of life, love, and true kindness. Thank you for just giving us the ability to come together today and rejoice as a beautiful body of people. Every day we have to struggle through the ability to choose between our beliefs or your beliefs, our views of life or your views of life, but your word and your truth is the one true truth in this world. As we, as JB come to lead us in message, may we have an open heart and open mind to take it all in and leaves here today with us as a new person, as a new person in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, before we get started this morning, there's one thing, there's one thing that I kind of wanted to set straight uh, for everybody. I've got a lot of questions since we changed or since we uh, set the logo as D1 Youth. I got a lot of questions about what that actually means, and so I just wanted to take this as an opportunity to share with everybody what D1 Youth means. So D1 simply means Dylan first. It's, uh, it's that simple. Uh, it's, and so there's a, there's a reason behind that. There's a reason we decided to go with something as simple as that, and that's because we want the youth ministry um, to be associated with our church. I think that there's a it's very easy to fall into the temptation in youth ministry to lead a youth ministry to be separate from the church, but it's my philosophy that uh, these students are a part of First Baptist Church in every way, shape, and form, and so one of the best ways to keep them connected to church or to have them connected to church as they graduate and go on and do other things is to, for them to be connected now. And so that's the, that's, why, that's the D1 logo, what it means. It simply means dealing first and kind of the philosophy behind it. And so I wanted to take that, this as an opportunity to share that. I think it's a, um, as good a time as any uh, since, we're, since we're talking about youth. Well, I hope you, um, in watching our, our, our video and looking at all the things we've done this, uh, this past year, the video was all things from this past year since we had Youth Sunday last year. And so um, I hope you saw that there are some great things going on. Uh, we've had a lot of fun this year. We've done a lot of fun things. Um, but we've also done some serious things, and some serious things have happened. And so um, I want to take this opportunity for us as a church to um, not just recognize all the things that have happened in the youth ministry, but to encourage those things. And so um, if you like what you saw uh, this morning with the skit and the testimonies and, and the student sharing and um, all of those things, how about give your students a round of applause? And so that's what I was thinking about and praying through what God would have for me to share with you guys this morning. Um, I was thinking about our students are, well, some of them have already gone back. They went back on Wednesday, but most of our students are getting ready to go back to school tomorrow. And I know there's some sad faces on the front row here as our students get ready to go back to school. Well, as they go back to school, they're going to be coming in contact with, they're going to be encountering some obstacles. And so... Um, this morning, I wanted us to take a few minutes and talk about some of the obstacles that our students are going to be facing. Now, some of these obstacles are some that you're familiar with because you face those same obstacles. Some of these obstacles are obstacles that you faced when you were a student. And, uh, and some of them are not as bad, as, not as difficult of an obstacle as you were when you were a student. And some of them are worse obstacles than, you were, than, than for you when you were a student. 
And so maybe you can relate to these, and I'll just jump right into it. Um, the first obstacle that these students are going to face, and again, this is no exhaustive list by any means. This is just a few things that I wanted to share with you. So we're going to move these, through these very quickly. So, some obstacles that our students are going to face are philosophies. And so philosophy is a person's framework from which they make life dis, life's decisions. And a lot of times... When you're a student, you will be bombarded with all different types of philosophies. And people will try to persuade you to believe and to live life from an evil or fruitless philosophy. And so some of the people that are influencing our students today are friends. Friends. There are friends that have uh, philosophies that are different than uh, what, we would, what we would want our students to uh, see. Teachers. Teachers have some different philosophies. Um, social media, there's, they, get, they can get some, they can, there are people in social media in, in, on the internet who have different philosophies and some of them are not good. And um, there are also people who are called influencers. I don't, know if, I don't know if all of you know this, but in social media and on YouTube, there are, well, there's a group of entertainers called influencers. And influencers are exactly what it sounds like. They're, their goal is to seem cool and uh, make people like them so that they can influence people to believe a certain way or to have a certain philosophy. And so this is just one of the, one of the things, uh, one of the obstacles as it relates to philosophies that our students are facing. So what kind of philosophies are they, are they experiencing? What kind of philosophies are they coming in contact with? The first one would be evolution. Evolution is a, a philosophy that's evil, and we can have a conversation later about the ways that that, that philosophy is, is evil and, and some of the things that it's led to. Hedonism, I mentioned that last time I spoke, and um, I'm not sure if, you guys, if all of you guys know what that means, but hedonism is the philosophy that you just do whatever feels good, do whatever you want to do, do whatever feels right. And um, this is certainly something that we see in our culture today and certainly something that uh, our students... Um, have to contend with rebellion against authority. How many of you ha have seen that in our culture today as a philosophy? That, that people just re rebel against all kinds of authority. And then, of course, false doctrine. Uh, some of that, there's, there's some of that going around. And so, as it relates to philosophy, there are some phrases that you hear and that these students are going to hear. And so I'm just going to read a couple of them. And I, I want to see if you guys can relate to these phrases. The first one is, there is no objective truth. There's no real truth. Everything is relative. If it feels right, it must be right. As you look at our culture, that's one of the, that's one of the most popular phrases. If it feels right, it must be right. How about this one? You can't change who you are. And then finally, science has disproven the Bible. This is something that our students are coming in contact with on a daily basis in their education. And uh, certainly when they go off to college, they'll face some of that as well. And so philosophies are just one obstacle that our students are going to face as they go into the new year, as they go into school. And uh, the next one would be temptation. Our students face temptation as an obstacle in their lives. I just have just a, just a couple. There are plenty of temptations that they face, but I have just a couple who are, that are very prevalent. The first one is pornography and uh, just some statistics here. Four out of the top ten most visited websites are pornography sites. And that's up there with YouTube, Facebook, and Amazon are the top three. And so up there with those, imagine how often you visit those. And then finally, I'll make this statement. Cell phones give unhindered and immediate access 
to anything, anything imaginable. Uh, the, the second temptation that seems, most, uh, seems very prevalent is substance use and abuse. And so some statistics on that. 5% of 12th graders admit to having abused prescription opioids. 45% of 12th graders admit to having used marijuana. 45%. 20% of 10th graders and 65% of 12th graders admit to having consumed alcohol in the past month. 17% of high schoolers admit to binge drinking, which means having more than five drinks in a row within the past month. And so the reality is that these stats are actually better than they were 10 years ago, but these students still face this as an obstacle in their daily lives. I, I wanted to mention the, a praise that, that, that the stats are lower, but they're still very real. And this is, a, is still a very real temptation that our students face. And, and I wanted to make this statement as well. Having talked to our students, I've found out that Every school that's represented here, all the middle schools and all the high schools, that they come in contact with some type of drugs in their school. Whether, and, and I'm not saying that means that they, that they are offered drugs, but that they come in contact with it in some way, whether that be the smell or whether that be someone that they know that's high at school. They come in contact with it. And, and so it's a very real obstacle. It's a very real temptation for our students. And so we have... And the obstacle of philosophies, we have the obstacle of temptation, and then finally we have the obstacle of pressure. And so our students are facing all kinds of pressure. The first one would be facing the future. And so I don't know if you know this, if you're a parent, I'm sure you do, but uh, around eighth grade, our students start hearing that their GPA matters and that they need to be working really hard to make good grades in school, and you do. You need to be making, you need to be making good grades in school. But what kind of pressure does that put on an eighth grader? If you don't make good grades right now in the eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, that your life is going to be terrible. And that's the things that that's some of the things that they're hearing. Beginning their senior year, they begin to um, they begin to hear that they need to make a decision in the in their senior year of where they're going to go to college, and not only where they're going to go to college, what they're going to go to college for, and they're going to, they need to have their whole life planned out in their senior year of high school. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. But I think so many times our students face the pressure of having to decide at 17 and 18 years old what they're going to do for the rest of the life, for the for the rest of their life. And so one of the pressures that our students face is facing the future. Uh, the next thing, the next pressure that our students face as an obstacle is peer pressure. And so 90% um, of teens say that they have experienced peer pressure, and. I think it's higher than that. I think all, all students face peer, peer pressure. This is 90% that will admit to it. And the other 10% is doing the pressuring. Um, how about this? 28% of students said that their social status was boosted after they gave in to peer pressure. And that's a pressure for these students that if they know that if they give in to that peer pressure, if they give in to... Uh, what their friends or their people around them are telling them to do, that it will boost their social status. And so what kind of things are our students being peer pressured into? Uh, I mentioned drug use and abuse, um, substance use and abuse, um, sex, pornography, those kind of things. And then uh, one that I thought was interesting uh, that I found somewhere online was reckless driving. Students can be peer pressured into reckless driving. And um, I just going to be completely honest with you, when I was your age, 
that was probably one of the ones that I would have been most likely to be peer pressured into was, was driving way faster than I was supposed to and driving while being distracted and those kind of things. And so uh, facing the future is a pressure as an obstacle, peer pressure, and then um, I wanted to mention too the, that as a pressure, an obstacle for students that they, ha they run into the pressure of having to maintain a social media image. And this is something that you may not be familiar with, but I'll give you an example as a story. And so and you can imagine, and I, I hate, to, hate to say it this way, but you can imagine a young lady. And this young lady, uh, it's Saturday, and this young lady gets out of bed, and she goes and she gets ready for 30 or 45 minutes or longer, longer than 30 or 45 minutes. I don't want to seem, okay, anyways. And then she takes a selfie, and then she spends 30 or 45 minutes or an hour editing that picture to make it look as, as good as possible, as perfect as possible. And then she posts that picture on Instagram or Snapchat. We're, we're gonna use Instagram for this, for this example. And then throughout the rest of the day, the whole rest of the day, she is patiently or impatiently waiting for her phone in her pocket to go off ding with a like on that picture because there's a pressure to maintain an image an appearance online on the internet and this is something that our students face and the way that this way that this happens is that it, it every student is maintaining this image this image of perfection online and so when our students go online and they look on Instagram and they see this picture that this person took uh, two hours to get ready and then edited it two, took two hours to edit it and it looks so perfect and it looks so uh, enticing that they feel like that they have to have that same image they have to try to maintain that same image and so there's a pressure on our students this is an obstacle for our students that there's a pressure to maintain a social media image. And then finally, I would mention this because it's, it's very real for this past year and looks like it's going to be real for this coming year, that one of the obstacles for our students, specifically as it relates to education, is the lack of consistency in their daily lives due to COVID and school schedules. And so if you've spent any time with students lately, you'll know that one of the worst things in their lives is having to um, do A-B days and um, not being able to go to school because they have to quarantine because somebody that they live with has COVID. And, and those are very real things, but it's just, it's, it's, it's an obstacle that they face in their daily lives. And it looks like it's going to be something that they face on into the future, into this coming year as well. And so I thought it was, as I was praying through this and I thought about the obstacles and I thought about people in the Bible who faced obstacles and I was praying through something that we could look at, I thought there was no better example of someone who faced obstacles than Daniel. So we mentioned, um, so we talked about Daniel when we went on our fall retreat, which you saw in the video. And Jeff Johnson, when he came and spoke at D-Now, he talked about Daniel some. And so Daniel, just a, just a brief overview... Daniel was an Israelite, and he was taken captive to Babylon at a very young age, probably not much older than you guys, uh, well, younger than you, you guys. And so uh, he went into Babylon, into exile, into this land where he uh, did not fit in. He was completely different than the culture surrounding him. 
and uh, Daniel faced some obstacles. And I'll just share with you just a few of the obstacles that Daniel faced. His people had turned their back on God. That was, the, that was one of the obstacles that Daniel faced, and this was what led to him being captured and taken into Babylon. And, and his people had turned to false gods. And so then, as a result of that, Daniel was living in a godless culture. That was one of the obstacles that he faced. Daniel experienced a secular education. Daniel was tempted by worldly pleasures, and the king offered him his, his best wines and his best meats, and Daniel wasn't supposed to eat some of those meats because he was a Jew. Another obstacle that Daniel faced is that Daniel's faith in God was outlawed in, in his society and his culture that he lived in. And, and as a result of that, one of the obstacles that he faced was that Daniel was persecuted for his faith. And so as you listen to some of the obstacles that Daniel faced, maybe you see some similarities between what I mentioned as obstacles that our students faced and the, some of the obstacles that Daniel's faced. And so you can see why we've talked about Daniel so much uh, over this past year. And one of the things I want us to talk about is that in the midst of those obstacles that Daniel faced, Daniel was given by God some opportunities. And so this time I'd like for us to look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17, very briefly. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 17. We're going to talk about it just for a minute. Pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise making the most of time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So the first part of that verse says, pay, attention, pay careful attention to how you live. And it's the same phrase that Jesus used in Mark chapter 13. And uh, in verse 5, Jesus tells his disciples, he said, Jesus told them, watch out that no one deceives you. And down in verse 9, he says again, but you be on guard. They will hand, hand you over to local courts and you will be flogged in the synagogue. So Jesus, in this passage, he's talking to his disciples. He's getting ready to go and be uh, crucified. And, but before he does, he's talking about some of the things that are going to happen after he goes away. And this is one of the things he says to his disciples as advice. Pay attention. Be careful. Look at. And so a word to our students that they've already heard from Daniel, but they'll hear again. In Ephesians here, Paul is saying, pay careful attention. Watch out for those obstacles that are going to be in your way. Paul is saying the same thing that Jesus did. He says, look out for the trials, turmoil, and obstacles that you will face in your daily lives. And that's for students as well as the church as a whole. Moving down to the next section of the scripture, not as unwise people, but as wise and so what Paul's doing here is he's contrasting unwise and wise, and it's, and it's brought over from the section before it where Paul is talking about the contrast between light and darkness. And then later in the chapter, Paul, it, in, in chapter 6, Paul goes on to explain the source of wisdom, which is the Holy Spirit. And, um, and, so, he's, and so he's saying here, that we need to be careful, we need to pay attention and be careful and wise when we walk. And the way to do that is to remain in the Spirit, to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and what it says. Making the most of the time is what Paul says. The ESV says it this way, making the best use of your time. And so what Paul's saying here is that we do not contend with the obstacles, but we allow God to use them as opportunities. And so we think about what Daniel did. In the midst of his obstacles, uh, 
God allowed Daniel to use those obstacles as opportunities. And, and so one specific example is, would be that whenever uh, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den for praying and for practicing his faith in this godless culture, there's a verse on the back of these shirts, and that verse, uh, that verse is the king speaking to Daniel. He says, Your God, whom you serve continually, will deliver you. See, Daniel, whenever he would face this obstacle of having having his faith outlawed, he was a witness to what God could do even through the obstacle of having his faith outlawed, even being thrown into the lion's den, being persecuted, and God was able to use him. And so that's what Paul is saying here, that we make the most of our time by allowing God to use the obstacles in our lives as opportunities. And then it says, So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And I'll simply say that for, for us to understand what the Lord's will is, one of the ways we can do that is we can look at the opportunities that God's given us. And so I'll make this statement, and this is basically like a summarization of these verses. It is wise to make the most of your time by focusing on the opportunities instead of the obstacles. I'll say it one more time. It is wise to make the most of your time by focusing on the opportunities instead of the obstacles. And so this whole year we've spent going over what those opportunities are for our students. We've looked at Daniel. We've looked at other texts to see what our students can do as they face these obstacles. But what I want to talk to you about this morning is how you as a church have opportunities to pour into the lives of these students. Our students are going through are getting ready to go into a new year of school and they're getting ready to go and face these obstacles head on. And there are some things that you can do, that we can do as a church to help them as they face these obstacles. The first one is prayer. And I'll go through these quickly. Prayer. Hebrews 4.16 says, Therefore let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. And so... We know that we should pray all the time, but whenever we see a need, need being these students and the obstacles that they face, we can pray and ask God for His grace on these students' lives as they go into this time. The second thing that I'll mention is guidance. Our students need guidance. You have an opportunity to guide these students. And so um, I, I say this, and it's specifically I'll say to parents, parents, you have an opportunity to counsel your students and to help them navigate the obstacles through their biblical wisdom. And I'll take this as an opportunity to share uh, something that I've heard before, but I actually did this myself. Uh, there are 168 hours in a week. Uh, if a student sleeps seven hours a night, which I know most of you don't do that, but if you sleep seven hours a night, you're supposed to get like eight hours, but if you sleep seven hours a night, that's 49 hours a week that you're sleeping. 35 hours a week are spent at school at a minimum. And some of you are overachievers and you spend more time than that at school, but 35 hours a week at school at least. And so that, that leaves 84 hours left in the week uh, to be spent doing something. Realistically, there's about, about 50% of that time can be, is spent at home because our students, they're, uh, they're doing things, they're out there working jobs, they are, um, they're studying, they're playing sports, they're doing all these things. So let's just say that our students spend, let's just say our students have 40 hours a week that they spend at home. You know how much time they have at church? If they come to every single thing that we do here, Sunday morning, Sunday night, 
Wednesday night, all the events, if they come to every single thing we do here, at most they're going to spend 7.5 hours, seven and a half hours a week at church. And so parents, you have an opportunity so much greater than I do or Pastor Jamie does or any of our youth leaders do to guide your students, to help them navigate the obstacles that they're going to face this upcoming year. And so we have prayer, we have guidance. Our students, when they're facing these obstacles, they need encouragement. And so I'll, just, I'll simply share one of the things that you can do as it relates to encouragement. When you see a student doing something positive, tell them that you're proud of them. Or, and you, can, you guys can even practice this this morning, and tell them how their actions have positively, positively impacted your life. And that will help encourage them. That will help encourage them to do the things that God is asking them to do to help them uh, navigate these obstacles with wisdom. And so we have prayer, guidance, encouragement, and the next one is inclusion. Our students need to be included. And I mentioned this as I talked about with, uh, with our logo, D1. One of my philosophies is that our students need to know that they're a part of the church right now. And the things that we do, we, we work towards trying to communicate that to our students. But I need your help in communicating that. And so one of the practical ways that you can help our students feel included, feel like they're a part of the body of Christ because they are, is that you can get them involved in ways that you're already serving. And, I, and I'll just give one example, uh, and I'm sure Matt won't mind me saying this. Matt, he runs the sound up there a lot of times, and, and uh, he enjoys doing it. And so one of the things that you can do, Matt, is you can grab a student on a Sunday morning when they're um, sitting right across from you, you can say, hey, let me show you how to run this board. And that's a way that they can be included into the service that they can be serving, and then you can be showing them how to do it, how to serve. And so prayer, guidance, encouragement, inclusion, our students need support. And when I say support, what I really mean is they need to be equipped and enabled. And so I, don't want to, I won't get too specific, but uh, just one example from, uh, from this past year of how our students have been supported as, they, um, as they're serving is that we've, ha we've had several people that have come up to me and said, hey, if our students need uh, anything for this trip that you're getting ready to go on, I want to help. Tell me what way I can help. And so you can support students by, um, by giving them opportunities that they wouldn't normally have through the resources that you have. Uh, through prayer. Prayer can be a way of support. So prayer, guidance, encouragement, inclusion, support. And this one is very important. Our students need role models as they face the obstacles this upcoming year. And when I say role models, there's a word that comes to mind, and it's authenticity. And see, the reality is, is that our students not only need to see our students, the reality is that our students, there's a very low percentage that, that any of our students are, or that most of our students are going to go and be pastors or pastors' wives. The reality is that most of our students are going to go and they're going to do, they're going to work in the workforce and they're going to do other jobs. And so what our students need to see is they need to see authentic Christians living out their faith as plumbers, as lawyers, as doctors, as nurses, whatever your profession is. Our student, students need to see you living out your daily life in what area, whatever vocation, 
you're in. Because our students are going to go into those same vocations and they're going to become Christians in those areas. And they're going to, know, they're going to need to look at someone and have an example of what they're supposed to do when they get to that place in life. And then finally, our students need discipling and mentoring. You have an opportunity to disciple our children. And so I'll say this about discipleship. There's so much more I could say. There's so much more I could unpack about discipleship um, and, and as it relates to students. But I'll say, for the sake of this, that what it looks like for you is to go beyond just being a role model and to become intentional through sharing truth in, in the ways that you act and the words that you say to our students. And so maybe the Lord's placed on your heart to disciple a student. Maybe you are being a, a great example, a great role model, but he's calling, God's calling you to be intentional with our students, to take them under your wing and show them how you, how you live and uh, the things that you do and the ways that you serve. And so very briefly, I'll just go back through the opportunities that you have as a church to pour into the lives of these students and help them navigate the obstacles that they have. Number one is prayer. Number two is guidance. Number three, encouragement, inclusion, support, role, being a role model, and discipling. And so as we get ready to close, maybe you're a student here this morning, and you're looking at this upcoming year, and you're looking at the obstacles that you're getting ready to face, the challenges you're getting ready to face, and maybe you're overwhelmed. And, we, and after we pray, the band's going to come up and they're going to play a song. And maybe, students, you need to come down and you just need to lay those obstacles at the altar. Maybe you just need to pray and ask God to help you in this upcoming year. Or maybe you're a parent here. And you need to ask God to give you wisdom to help your student navigate the obstacles in this upcoming year. And maybe you're here this morning and you would say you have no connection to these students. But maybe God has placed on your heart as we come into our time of invitation to just come up here and pray for these students. To give this upcoming year over to God for these students. Pray and ask God to give them wisdom during this time. Maybe you're here this morning and you're facing your own obstacles. And maybe you need to ask God for His grace and His wisdom as you face your obstacles. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never experienced God's grace. During this time of invitation after I pray, Pastor Jamie will be down here at the front. And if you've never experienced God's grace before, if you've never asked Him to be your Lord and Savior, that's, just the, that's the first step. We want you to get that right. Pastor Jamie can share with you how to do that. I can share with you. I'll be up here on the front row. I can share with you how to do that as well. As we close, I'm, I'm going to pray for us, but be thinking about, be praying about as a church these opportunities that I mentioned. This is, in no, this is by no means an exhaustive list of the ways that you can help these students face their obstacles, but I've just given you just a few. Be praying as a church how God would see, how God would lead you to help these students in this upcoming year. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for all the blessings you've given us. Lord, we thank you for your word and for what it means to us. Lord, we recognize that your word is telling us to pay attention. 
Lord, we see the, that there are going to be obstacles that we're all going to face, Lord, but there are obstacles that these students are going to face as they go into a new year. Lord, we pray that you would place it on their hearts to be wise and to walk through life in a wise way, that they would make the most of their time by doing what you want them to do, by following your will. Lord, I pray for our church this morning. Lord, I thank you for having a church that's so supportive, Lord. Uh, many of the things that I mentioned are already happening at, in this church, but Lord, I pray that you'll may, you may place on someone's heart uh, some other things that they can be doing as it relates to helping these students navigate their obstacles. Lord, I thank you for the students who have spent time in preparing for this Sunday. Lord, I thank you for the message that you've placed on their hearts. And Lord, I pray that you'll continue to work in their lives throughout the rest of this year. And it's in your son's name, Jesus, I pray. Amen.